0: Hello and welcome to the Feed Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Feed Strategy staff reporter, Anne Roos. Today I'm talking about precision feeding with Candido Pomar and Aileen Remus, both research scientists at Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. Candido Pomar pioneered the development of an innovative precision feeding and farming approach, which will enhance profitability and durability of the swine industry. He has a large network of national and international collaboration and has contributed to training many graduate students. Aileen Remus has worked for the past nine years on developing precision feeding and nutrition for precision livestock farming. She makes it her mission to give voice to the outliers by studying the variability in protein and energy metabolism of growing finishing pigs. Together, Pomar and Remus have been awarded with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's 2020-21 Prize for Outstanding Achievement in Science. This award recognizes the significant contributions of scientists to Canada's agriculture and agri-food sector. All right, Candido, can you start by describing precision feeding?
1: Yeah, uh, precision feeding is a a new way of of feeding animals. And the reasons of of developing this idea of uh, precision feeding, we should say individual precision feeding, because what we are trying to do with this technique is to feed pigs individually. Because not all the pigs in in a herd, they have the the same needs. So actually, we are providing the animals with the same feed for during long periods of time. And the same feed is assumed that, that is, provides the, 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 the requirements of, of, of the individuals. But the individuals are very different. There are pigs that are leaner than another ones. Not, some pigs are going faster than another ones, eating more. So what we are doing with this precision feeding is we try to see how each pig is eating, how each pig is growing. And according to what the pig is doing, we then we decide each day, what is the, the optimal amount of nutrients that has to be provided to this animal in order to, to reduce, uh, to reduce the uh, to improve the, the, the efficiency of, of, the, of, of the nutrients intake. So that, that's the idea. So sometimes I give the, the example, assume that because these animals are are like teenagers. Assume that you are in a school with the with the teenagers, you have only the ability to, to, to make only one plate, only one dish for the same size for all the animals, for all the, the students. So, how you decide what is the right size or the right amount of food of, of to provide to all the students? When there are students that are physically much more active than another ones, so and other one that are growing they're faster than another one. So it's very difficult. So what you are going to do in practical conditions is you are going to produce a, a, a dish that contains a lot of food to be sure that all receive at least the, the amount they need. But for most of the uh, of the students, you are going to be losing a lot of, of feed because they, they don't need all that. So with animals, we, we are in the same situation. We have to feed to, to ensure that all are growing up to, to their potential. We are producing feeds, then provides much more nutrients than most of the pigs need. So precision feeding is the, 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 nice, the nice thing. With it is we follow what each animal is doing, and then according to what he's doing, how he's growing, how he's, he's eating, then we, we, we estimate the optimal requirements, and then we feed the animals according to that.
0: And why should producers implement precision feeding? Can it do things like improve feed conversion and feed input costs or the growth rate of animals?
1: Yeah, good. is a very nice question because we are not changing feed conversion because that's not the issue. What we are changing is nutrient conversion. That's the, the big issue because what we are reducing, the animals are still eating the same amount of feed. But the just is the concentration of nutrients that we are providing to the animals, and is changing. So, in terms of, uh, of, of of nutrients, we are actually, with precision feeding, when we are feeding each pig with the the the, the right amount of nutrients, we are producing the same amount of meat with twenty five percent less nutrients. That's the the the, the good advantage. So. Less nutrients, less protein. That means also that you are reducing the concentration, the excretion of nitrogen and phosphorus and other nutrients. So actually, we, we think with we, we, we don't think we 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 are able to reduce nitrogen excretion by near fifty percent. So feeding pigs individually according to the requirements will allow us just to use less protein, less nutrients, and also to excrete less nitrogen and less phosphorus. So we are talking about an important reduction. And and with this reduction is because protein is an expensive nutrient, phosphorus is also expensive even if it's not the most expensive one, but maybe we should be expecting reductions of of about uh, between 8 and 12 percent in feeding cost because we are reducing the cost, we are using less protein than than in, in, in conventional feeding systems.
0: Can precision feeding lead to better health and nutrition outcomes?
1: Nutritional outcomes? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because you, the, the animals are, uh, we are feeding animals according to the, what they need. So they, they don't, they grow a little bit faster, probably a little bit, maybe this, they, they reduce the, they are more efficient in terms of converting energy. So they, there's, these animals, when they are, fed according to the individual requirements, and, and then they, they convert the energy a little bit better than the conventional conventional ones. So they, they, are, they are better, but in terms of health, there is no changes per se, but the, 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 the nice thing with precision feeding is that we know what each pig is doing. And we know that when a pig is getting sick, he changes the way he the, the, is eating. So the, the first thing that happened when we are sick is happening the same thing with humans. when we are starting start to be sick, before we reduce the amount of, 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 of food, we reduce the way we are eating. That, that's what we are observing in pigs. So we, we know everything what's happening in the, in the farm. So just monitoring how the pigs are eating, we can very quickly identify whether there is a problem in the farm. When there's a problem maybe at the individual level, that's the animal is sick, or even a problem in terms of, of, of uh, environmental conditions, but then all the pigs are changing. So we are we, we know how the pigs are eating, and when there is a change, we can quickly say something is happening there. So the 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 potential of precision feeding to quickly identify diseases is very high. And eventually, some people say that the precision feeding can help to reduce the, the use of antibiotics because we are going to be able to identify from the very beginning the, the, any disease in the, in the farm. And then we, the intervention is going to be quick and is well going to be able to address intervention to each pig individually. Instead, or like now, that when, we, when there is a disease in the farm is when we know most of the pigs are already affected and then the treatments cannot be applied individually you have to apply the the, the antibiotics or any treatment to globally in, in in the precision feeding area we are going to be able to individually identify when it's a problem and make interventions also at individual level so there is big potential for reducing the uh, to improve health animal health and particularly the reduction of antibiotics.
0: Aileen, can you tell me how precision feeding improves sustainability of the operations that apply it?
2: Sure. So, for starter, uh maybe I'll give a little definition of sustainability because it can be seen in different ways. So, when we normally say that uh, precision feeding and nutrition improves sustainability, we are talking from the environmental angle, we're talking from the social angle and from the animal angle. Uh, this because uh, once we use precision feeding and nutrition, when we formulate the diets for the animals, we uh, can feed them on daily tailored diets, which means that we are feeding them closer to their actual requirements. And this improves nutrient efficiency of utilization. By doing that, we decrease uh, the, the environmental Excretion of nutrients such as nitrogen and phosphorus and we talk in reductions that uh, range from 30 to 50 percent uh, which uh, not only uh, decreases the environmental factor as it is as we can uh, start to talk instead of uh, formulating diets for maximal growth but we can start talking about formulating diets for maximal nutrient efficiency of utilization in uh a further goal this means that we we can look for uh, nutrients or better ingredients that are not competing with humans uh so we we, we can uh use feed stuff that uh, is a byproduct of human uh food for example and uh, uh as well as Candido have said precision feeding allows us to to might be able to allow us to do early disease detection. So by studying the big the feeding pattern deviation, so how he changes the amount that he's eating, but as well when he deviates on an optimal uh, feed intake pattern, we can probably spot a disease two to three days before a clinical sign can be observed. This means that we can actually direct our resources to take care of the animals that actually need that attention. These animals can be isolated before uh, the disease is spread to the other animals in the pan, which allows us to do target treatment, uh, decreasing probably the use of antibiotics and others, but also uh, the resources in the farm, right? Because we are actually directing our energy to the animals that need that. Additionally, uh, when we uh, automatize a, a process such as feeding animals, we can free some time for the producer. Uh, this time that he, he is uh, actually not feeding the animals, he has time to to actually follow the animals more closely. Uh, he can uh, give more attention to these animals. Um, other than that, if we think uh, not only from the, the welfare point of the animals from the, the health side, is also uh, if we do early disease detection and we are close following these animals, we decrease uh, the, the spread of zoonosis and so on. Uh, further on that, we can uh, think that uh, these technologies will allow us to create uh, or modify the farm job as we see today. And we might be uh, increasing the interest of the young ones to to come to work uh, in the farms, which has been a very big problem lately, Uh, the the manpower to work in the farms. So maybe this type of technology uh, can help us to keep young people uh, in farms and uh, also change a little bit the way that the, the farm work is done.
0: Yeah, that all sounds great. Can you tell me about some of the latest research you've been working on?
2: So lately we have been focusing on um, understanding animal variability. And this is important because we normally assume that the animal growth varies greatly among genetic types, but we forget that actually animals with the same genetic background coming from the same farm with similar body weight, they vary greatly in their growth rate meaning that animals that receive the same diet, that have, uh, even sometimes from the same litter, as we know, uh, they will have very different growth rates. And not only the average daily gain will be different, but the the composition of the gain will be different. We have animals with a very high uh, protein deposition with the same gain than animals that have a very low protein deposition. And we know that by the end, what counts is the protein conversion, we want lean gain mainly. So by studying factors that affect protein deposition and lipid deposition in animals, we can better uh, estimate requirements and we can target individuals. So we can increase or decrease the growth rate and ultimately we might modulate the type of growth that we want. We have worked uh, by varying levels of amino acids and see what shows the types of proteins that we could uh, vary in the growth. We also have worked uh, on um, different uh, on uh, the glucose, insulin metabolism of the animals. And in the future, I think we'll be looking uh, a lot on uh, fe- feeding alternatives. So how we can use uh, products that are not used in humans. But uh, to do that, the, the first thing that we have to do is understand how animals that receive the exact same diet, the exactly same amount of nutrient, use these nutrients differently. So once we have done that, we can move on. And I think we will have a uh, very bright future in animal nutrition.
0: And are there any new innovations or technology that can be used in precision feeding?
2: Yeah, I think lately... Um, There is several developments uh, around uh, sensors and so on that have, I think uh, is a big boom. Many people are working on this area. There are technologies that are farther or closer to being in the field, but uh, I think we should look at this from the perspective is what we need today to put precision feeding and nutrition in the field. And the nice thing is we need very little. We actually need feeders that can identify uh, the, the animals and they can provide daily tailored diets, which means that this feeder not only has to register the feeding intake of these animals, but it has also be able to mix uh, feeds to provide a complete diet to this animal. And these feeders, I think are, uh, are very close to see the light of day in the commercial, uh, the commercial scenario. Smart feeders that smart feeders or feeding stations that can recognize pigs uh, through uh, RFID, that is radio frequency, or any other technology, will soon be available at very competitive prices. And another thing that we need, and I think has people have done great progress on that, is we need to be able to register weight in real time. So To make precision feeding in the field, we just need the feeding tape that can be registered by feeding stations and the real-time body weight. Uh, To do that, uh, vision systems uh, through the use of cameras have been developed and uh, they can actually, uh, through security cameras, the same that are used for surveillance, uh, they can actually estimate the body weight of the animals. There is still a long long way to go. I don't think there is a commercial Systems available on that yet, but I think there are several companies that are working on that. And uh, soon will be, we'll probably see this type of technology available and it'll be greatly, it'll be, uh, it'll be very useful for us in precision feeding.
0: So, with all of that research and innovation, how do you envision precision feeding being used in pig production in the future?
2: Uh, precision feeding uh, as is the concept itself is not one size fits all so i mean uh precision feeding can be implemented in different feeding systems i think the first thing that we see is going to intensive farms right so are uh through automatic feeding station and uh scales or uh cameras will have the the body weight of these animals and will daily tailor diets for each one of these animals. Uh, As we can also see this technology is being applied to less intensive systems, as the organic systems. Uh, I think the organic system has a lot to gain of using precision feeding um, by the fact that we can actually tailor better the diets for the animals. And as is a big struggle to get the stuff for this type of system, uh, precision feeding can be a big help there. So I see that precision feeding will be implemented in the different ways and will be uh, the producers, will be the market, will be the public that will determine the the speed in which we're gonna move in this direction. But I do believe that is a one-way road and we're going to see it uh, coming to the fields in the next uh, Uh, five years or so.
0: Candido, do you have anything to add?
1: Yes, uh, uh, I will maybe turn around the question is how we can in the future, if you look in in 10 years, 20 years from now, I think all the precision feeling is going to be a normal thing. Uh, Sometimes I'm thinking is like now, we are starting with the first tractors, and most of the people is, is, is use horses or whatever animal forces to 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 work in the in, in, in the farm. And now we are coming with the first tractors. Of course, the first tractors may, maybe are a little bit expensive, maybe are not so efficient, but they are got, going to come through because the technology is there, and our ability to to to, to develop very efficient technology is is getting there. And uh, there is so much to gain adopting these feeding systems that I, I don't think is any, any issue. We are going to be there. Farmers are going to be there in the future because we are going to, to be able to produce much more or the same amount you want with much less nutrients. And it's going to be less expensive and health animal health is going to be improved and so on. So there is too much to gain just to to say that this technology is not going to be adapted. And maybe the the last comment is also, we have to see precision feeding within the precision farming system. It's not just the feeding that is going to be more precise, it's all the the overall system, the system is going to be improved by different technologies that are going to, to be developed.
0: Well, this is all very fascinating. Thank you both so much for your insights.
1: Thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity. It's, it's a very nice and if there's any question from your uh, audience, uh, we, are, we are going to be glad to, to answer them uh, anytime.
0: Okay, great.
2: Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure and yes, please just uh, if anyone has questions can contact us and we'll be happy to help.
0: And if you would like to learn more about precision feeding from Candido or Aileen, you may contact them at candido.pomar at agr.gc.ca and aileen.remus at agr.gc.ca. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the Feed Strategy Podcast and listen to past episodes wherever you get your podcasts.